0: By the way, the uh, Untouchables in two weeks is on Paramount Plus. Nice. Paramount Plus. And. Um,
1: for now, things like to leave Paramount Plus sometimes.
0: Let's hope it stays up well, there. they like they like to leave a lot of different places,
1: but. Uh, We've I seen it, it for be... two more weeks. Just two more weeks. Or just watch it this weekend. Just watch it this weekend, I guess. That yeah. You have to watch my movie. Well, not this weekend. You don't have to. You can. I mean, yes. That's what I did with Mission Impossible. Watch it on Sunday. Ended up being a lifesaver because this week turned into a busy But what one. if we get our wires crossed and we think that scenes that happened in one happened in the other? Well, Nick, I am Ooh. able to keep track of different storylines and different things at the same time. How? Yeah, because I have a brain. It's pretty wild. Rag about it. Yeah, I know. It is
0: pretty wild. Yeah. Of course I'm here in Cincinnati because uh Creighton's getting ready to play Xavier tomorrow morning, technically, Omaha time, eleven thirty. Tip off. We'll have coverage starting at uh at ten. And, you know, I mentioned this the other day when I was last on the Grum. I thought, you know, on Wednesday night of the two teams, I thought Creighton's Game was more important to their momentum than Nebraska's was to its, and now of course, and I know it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, but was I shocked to see that Nebraska had lost on, on the road? No, um, not that I was shocked necessarily to see Creighton lose on the road. But now you kind of look at the landscape and how things are, are shaping up, and you know there's a there's a very real possibility that Creighton could be in the vid- on the verge of a three game losing streak um after tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. And, you know, a lot of the momentum that was built through January It's gone you now. Know, it can be gone. Exactly. Dude, I ended up to John, yeah.
1: I think in hindsight, both of us were right. Not to do the whole, you know, not to handshake Miman up, but I think you and I were both right. I think that it it ended up being a night that Nebraska and Creighton, I think, will look back on for different reasons and be really frustrated. Um I think the thing that continues to stun me about Nebraska, it's not again that they lost on the road and broken record man but it's not that they lost it's how they lost and it was an uncompetitive game in the first half and that you don't want that especially for a team that we consider to be a good team and so for that to happen to them brutal and then yeah like you said creighton now suddenly on a two-game losing streak after essentially doing pretty much all you wanted them to do in the month of january beyond going undefeated sure but to have that type of success that they did, to to follow up the the UConn loss the way they did, to, of course, the triple overtime game among them, um, but now to lose two games in a row. And now it's interesting, John, how January, a seven-in-one month, right, is bookended by two-game losing streaks at the end of December and now at the beginning of February.
0: Yeah, I mean, you really need this for momentum to stem the tide, but, you know, and certainly there's a lot of, you know, we knew that you know this team's weaknesses in the games that they have lost certainly have been exploited. Now, uh, now it seems like the minutes that are being logged by, especially the main starters, uh, are starting to to come around. And and while, you know, we've seen max teams typically at this point of the season really start to thin out the bench a little bit more. In other words, you know, uh, you know the starters tend to log more minutes. The fact that they were doing so earlier in the season. And and you know you'll never know for certain if that's the correlation between what's happened, especially in the last two second halves of their last two games, because against I mean I've never I can't remember anyway I I mean certainly I've seen a team go Jekyll and Hyde one half to the second half, but to see a game go Jekyll and Hyde because literally the first half it was thirty two to thirty it was a grinder. It was your typical Creighton-Providence game where, you know, it, it was it was hard to score. Um, it was slower paced. And then in the second half, it just completely turned around. And it turned into another, you know, make shot, make shot, make shot type game. And, and continued that way really until the very end. But when you look at the last two second halves by Creighton's opponents, They are hitting 43 of 70 shots. So that's well north of 60%. And they have hit 11 of 19 threes. Those are in just the second halves. And the interesting thing about it was Providence was coming off of four games where they hadn't shot the ball well at all, especially the game right before that. Providence was hitting only 25% of their threes in the last four games before Saturday. And then all of a sudden... You know, they absolutely go off. And certainly the questions are going to be raised. Are these guys starting to get tired, and is it starting to show up in the second halves of these games? I mean, it's one of those things that it's impossible to prove definitively, but it certainly is a plausible theory. Well, and yeah, it's one that's going to be thrown out by a lot.
1: Yeah, and if they continue to lose, I feel like that theory gain will just gain more plausibility that like I mean, a thin team is going to in theory get tired, especially as the season goes along. And as the competition yeah. continues to get difficult.
0: Exactly. And now they face a Xavier team who, you know, like Providence, uh, is on the bubble. Now their record isn't as good as Providence, but Xavier's played the seventh toughest schedule in the country uh, because not only have they played the Big East, but they've also they've also have also played Purdue, Houston, St. Mary's, Cincinnati. Uh, and I think I'm forgetting one more pretty big non-conference game off the top of my head. So they're one of those teams that doesn't necessarily i in my opinion have to get to 20 wins to get into the ncaa tournament because i think their schedule is going to be so strong uh that it's going to help them they're kind of like the anti-nebraska who didn't have the most uh stringent non-conference schedule so you know here's an opportunity for them to pick up another quad one win and get this one at home and you know for creighton it's a chance to try to stem the tide just a little bit and start to feel well because you look at the last two games, Josh, their their offense has been fine. Yeah. Even as thin as they have been. And even though they're really not getting any productivity out of the four position, they're scoring 85 points a game. They're shooting. I mean, they shot all those numbers are
1: equivalent of a team that is not losing and yet they have lost their last two. These, the, the types of offensive numbers they have put up,
0: they have won eighty-five to ninety percent of their games historically, and yet they're zero and two. Yeah. So you can't really find fault with offense, and it's it's ironic to a degree because one of the questions was, well, is Stephen Ashworth ever going to, you know, show the kind of shooting ability that he had when he was at Utah State, when he was one of the top three-point shooters in the country? What does he do on Wednesday? He goes six or seven from three, and now his you know shooting percentage is up closer to his career norm, So he is starting to progress to the mean, but then in that same time period, they haven't been able to get enough stops and they've been losing these high scoring, high octane type basketball games. Um, and how tomorrow's going to play. It's an earlier tip. So, you know, how much does that play into it? And it's the second leg of a, of a road trip. And of course you've been on the, on the airplane a couple of times. Um, we'll see, but, uh, Pretty important game, you know, and in this moment, it's a it's an important game for momentum, but it could loom even larger as we get towards the end of the month if Creighton can't pull the nose up on this. Yeah. So we'll have coverage tomorrow right here on 1620 the zone. But coming up, we're gonna talk with Todd Furman at the Board Podcast, 1620 the zone.
1: Hey everyone, Josh and John here for the FanDuel Sportsbook. Last year, we all remember it. Gronk, he went wide left. On FanDuel's kick of destiny. He is back for the second iteration. John, I've been saying it for the last two weeks. I am team make this year. And if I am right, and if people are right, you can get your free pick in right now. And if you are correct, you will win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. You can get in on all the action, whether you are team make or team miss at FanDuel.com slash 1620. And John, while you're there, check out all the prop bets, the sides, the totals, and a whole lot more at FanDuel.com slash 1620.
0: There are more prop bets. I mean, you'll get lost looking at all the great prop bets that are available right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And again, team make, team miss. It's a free pick. You don't have to pay a thing. Free pick. Get it in right now because if you are correct, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. That's by visiting fanduel.com slash 1620. Get signed up today for Gronk's Kick of Destiny 2. 21 plus and present in President Iowa, no purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who made the correct pick. Prize issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.